Hello everybody and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. I'm your host Ant and once again I'm joined by my co-host Mike. Hello Mike. Hi Anthony, it's nice to be here as always. It's good for you to join us once again. And in today's show, uh, what we're going to talk about is the recent announcement by the uh, UK government and Prime Minister Boris Johnson of the fact that England is going into a second lockdown. Otherwise known as the new improved lockdown 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lockdown 2.0. So what we're going to talk about is some of the significance around the announcement and the day it was announced and also the day um, that the actual lockdown starts. We're going to also look at, as you might imagine, we're going to look at some of the uh, economic fallout and the, just the impact, Mike, on especially vulnerable people uh, for another month of lockdown, because that's going to be extreme, especially for people who suffer from mental health problems or who live on their own, or maybe if they're reliant upon counselling services, um, maybe they're, you know, they're going through a difficult period in terms of a relationship breakup or they suffer from addictions. And of course, that's going to probably be going back to Zoom, which is not quite the same, is it? No, takes away that personal contact yeah, connection. Absolutely. So what we'll also be looking at is, um, Mike, we're going to look at uh, just how we think in terms of a UK-English context going into 2021, how uh, things with, regarded, with regards to the dreaded corona-rona, <laughs> how that's going to play out into the first quarter in 2021. And then hopefully we'll end, um, Mike, we're going to share with our listeners some more positive closing thoughts because um, I think it's always it's always important to um, to leave with a bit of hope because sometimes when we look at these trends in terms of what's currently happening and project it forwards, it can seem quite depressing, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I have to say when we do our predictions, it will be like, you know, worst case scenario type thing, just what the mm. powers that be kind of want. Mm. But um, hopefully it doesn't get that bad, but we'll get onto that later. Yeah. So starting, we'll start off with, um, so the second lockdown is something that both Mike and I uh, have predicted on numerous uh, episodes. Um, I believe that uh, it was... Uh, Mike was saying it was probably more likely to be the middle of October, is that right? Yeah, I said middle of September to the middle of October, so it's actually quite surprising that they've kind of like waited till now to implement it, but mm. um, you know, the dates that they have implemented it are quite interesting, aren't they? Yeah, so we'll start with this, because I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's worth interesting though, so um, for our uh, UK-based listeners, they may be aware that actually on the day of the press conference, which was Saturday the 31st of October, initially it was announced in the press that um, Boris Johnson was going to speak to the nation uh, on a press conference from uh, number 10 down the street around about five o'clock. And then it got delayed until six and then it got delayed until half six. So... Um, so there, I believe that, Mike, this is part of the whole, almost like a torture, because it'd already been leaked to the press. Oh, yeah, because they prep us. They this prep. is what's going to happen, but it's not been announced yet. So, you know, FYI. Yeah. So the day before it was all in the mainstream news that the following day, the government were going to make this announcement. And the other thing, of course, Mike, is that it was announced on the 31st of October, being Which Halloween. Is, uh, was that a Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. is it weird to do an announcement on a weekend? It's very unusual that you get government announcements on the weekend. So it just so happened to be on Halloween Yeah, sure. that they're doing this, you know, so quite a significant date for everyone. Yeah, because it, um, it was also uh, a full moon. 
and also what is known as a blue moon, Mike, which as the first time that's occurred, is that right, since 1944? Yeah, so, um, you know, to get two moons and the full moons in the same month is pretty rare, and that's why they do call it a blue moon. Oh, is that what it relates yeah. to? Yeah, okay. um, so we get a full moon on Halloween every 19 years, because, right. you know, how just how it works out. But to have a blue moon as the full moon on the Halloween, that hasn't happened in a very long time. So, as we know, let's don our conspiracy hats, Mike. Um, we know the dark sorcerers or the dark occultists, uh, the forces that work through the political puppets or the chess pieces on the chessboard. Um, they often will do things like start wars on significant, significant um, numerological dates or astrological dates, I should say. So we here at Discerning Consciousness think it was certainly no coincidence that it was announced on Halloween. Not just that, the fact that they're basically um, stomping out any fun that everyone's going to have on Halloween, of enjoyment that. of that day, yeah. suddenly like, oh, here comes the boogeyman to give sure. you the new announcement. Sure, and also because um, we're part of um, various kind of spiritual groups together, aren't we, and other yep. people, and we it came to our awareness of to do a ritual, obviously if we awaken to the light here at Discerning Consciousness <laughs> and not the dark, on that Saturday, and of course if you've got the dark sorcerers who are trying to commandeer that energy for the dark, it diminishes the light workers. Of course. It, it can do, so it has that effect. Um, and it's not just that, the fact that they're doing this um, you know, announcement on a mm. Saturday, a really odd day, so it's got to be big news mm. of the lockdown. When, and also when, Mike, sorry to interrupt, when normally people are relaxing on a weekend, exactly. and they're all waiting for this press conference. Yeah, waiting for hours for it, yeah. just to give us the bad news. That we all, all knew anyway. <laughs> so it is like this element throughout this whole event, which we've talked at length on Discerning Consciousness since March, and I've done it, on my own videos, which you can check out on YouTube. Um, this idea of gaslighting and this um, psychological torture and, and, and miss messages all the time. Well, the biggest part of that is the fact that they announced it on the Saturday mm. and then they're like, it's immediate, we've got to do something, but it's starting Thursday. Yeah, because again, the virus has got an amazing clock piece of clockwork. Yeah, it'll chill out for five days, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on now, to uh, Mike, to the significance of the fact that it's starting the second lockdown and i hate lockdown it's a horrible phrase because that comes from a uh, prison service doesn't it yeah basically yeah so the the fact that it's starting on the 5th of november as we know is the significance in terms of the link to guy Fawkes. and you know a little bit about the original story don't you yeah so the whole idea that we've um embedded the guy Fawkes story into the british culture is because the powers that be were so flabbergasted and shocked that this guy had the the courage to stand up and do something so he led an insurrection yeah that they um held him up as a you do not ever ever do this again mm. um and you know that's why we do the whole burning of guy Fawkes because right. we actually put guy Fawkes on the so bonfire. we're actually burning a symbol of good uh, and you know goodness truth and virtue how ironic so you know this is the way it's embedded into the culture for a very long time ago but because it's been so long since that's happened yeah it's kind of twisted now to being like well he is the symbol of let's do something about this well that's been adopted by the whole anonymous maybe. anonymous uh, anonymous with the v for vendetta in the film sure. as well yeah um and to be honest they always have a march in london on the 5th of november, november. Yeah. yeah um it's not just london all around the world i believe right 
and the the fact is now they're starting lockdown on the Thursday, so that lockdown most probably won't happen. Like oh, that March won't on happen. On Saturday, yeah. And the Home Secretary, the delightful Pretty Patel, who always has the most kind of horrible expression on her face, doesn't she? Like she's grinning all the time. Yeah, not very pleasant lady. Has said that yeah, no marches or protests are now allowed in the UK. And part of the lockdown, we should say, we're going to go on to this, Mike. Yeah. Part of the lockdown is that you can only gather with one other person. So, yeah, by default. That Hang happens. on. Couldn't you have a socially distanced march? I guess in theory. So you could you have, could. like, two people yeah, and yeah. then two metres, another two people, two metres. You could. And if you people. marched, that would be quite a powerful visual thing, wouldn't it? And because there's that distance away, more pe less people would take up more space. So it would mm. effectively be a better march. Yeah, it would do. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of this lockdown and what it actually means for people, uh, Mike, so uh, apparently uh, schools and universities and colleges, so all educational institutions are open. Uh, all non what they call non vital uh, shops have to close. That means that basically all you're going to have open is pharmacies. Is that right? And supermarkets and those shops uh, or restaurants that can offer a takeaway service. So we're yep. pretty much for the benefit of our English listeners. We're pretty much to back where we were in March, April, May until the the measures uh, were lessened apart from, as I was saying, education. And, and you've got a theory on that, why you believe that, that this time round the educational institutions are open. Well, I personally think it's just a selfish reason of the um, Tory MPs going, do you know what, last lockdown was great, we managed to do whatever we wanted, got any laws passed, mm. you know, it was only that Cummings guy that got caught out. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but there was only one problem with the last lockdown. The kids were just so annoying all Around the time. The yeah. So, you know, let's just keep them at school and then we can have a nice, relaxed lockdown. Mm. And, um, of course, what we've had in recent weeks as we come up to Christmas period, Mike, is this whole idea now of people saying, are we going to be in lockdown over Christmas? Because part of this announcement last Saturday was it's, it, the government are saying it's only going to be a month, right, until early December. But then... Various ministers, including that delightful, horrible man, Michael Gove, came out and said, oh, no, if the RA increases, it will be extended. So now, effectively, host Christmas is being held hostage, isn't it? Yeah, but just before we get into Christmas, um, yeah. I do want to quickly yeah, mention the do. fact that this lockdown over this next month is going to seriously damage and, and bankrupt all the small and struggling yeah. businesses out there um, because this period from like November to December is when most of the Christmas shopping happens. Yeah. So um, this yeah, is yeah. going to not only destroy the high street in your, your shops, they're going yeah. to destroy the high street in terms of your hospitality industry, yes. your pubs, your yes. restaurants. Yes, and also tourism because for a month... Coffee shops. Yeah, exactly. And also, as I say, tourism because for a month you're, you can't travel abroad and you can't even... Part of it, again, is you can't um, travel. The only travel allowed is to to place of work if you can't work from home. So there's no leisure or uh, pleasure aspect, again. Um, and the other negative impact that this is going to have is not just pushing people to buy more things from Amazon, making Jeff Bezos richer. Yeah. Um, it's also going to, if you know, imagine if it only did last a month. That's bad enough. It's going to drive everyone into the shops at the same time because they've all got to hurriedly do their Christmas shopping in the three weeks they've sure, got. Sure, so that's going to add extra stress and anxiety to people. Exactly. So um, 
this is actually a huge attack on the psyche and the soul of not just you know us and what we've got to do over an already stressful christmas period anyway yes. um but it's also going to literally break the um high street of what we've known it to be is that and the reason why i think the timing of it again mike is because in the uk um christmas is an important event although we don't live in a particularly religious we live in quite an atheistic society well as I a would festival never, i would never really call christmas um religious no, 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 no. i mean come on you don't have the nativity scene when you're growing up with christmas you normally have santa and the yeah, um, sure. you know so that way as far as i'm concerned it's not no. but it's Christian an excuse thing. yeah but it's an excuse I quite like it because basically it's an excuse to meet up with people, have parties, celebrate with friends and relationships. And now we know that what it's going to do is they're going to basically, the government will say, well, we might give you Christmas week, but, you know, if you're naughty, naughty children, uh, you know, we won't allow it. So make sure you behave. But I do believe, just want to go and make this point, Mike, yeah. it's important. I do believe that what they'll do is Christmas week, right? So January the 1st. So from the 25th, they'll say we're lessening lockdown, right? And that you can go, I don't know what to degree, because I think that you'd have, you wouldn't have a revolution, but that might just push, uh, you know, millions more people over the edge to question the government narrative. So they will relent on that, but they will threaten all the way up to Christmas. Well, I reckon it will be um, a kind of thing of they'll be doing a bit of the opposite to begin with, yeah. but that's the end Thank goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a thing where they're going to increase the testing over this period, um, yeah. you know, the next month, and then they're going to be like, right, we've done more tests, we found more cases, so the R rate's gone up, so we've got to continue this for another month. Yeah. Then there's going to be a huge backlash yeah. from everyone well, going... Well, get people we... save our Christmas! Yeah, uh, and then they'll be like, okay then, we'll give you that Christmas, New Year's week, Yeah. Only if you're doing good. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, and then it will be um, the sheepdog mentality will kick in mm. where whenever they see someone not complying, mm. they're literally going to get that snitch mentality kicked into everyone. It's like, you're not wearing the mask properly, put sure. that back on. Do, do you not want Christmas? You're not going to deny me Christmas, put it back on. I saw two people entering your house the other day. Oh, I might have to ring the track and trace <laughs> system. Yeah. Um, and literally, that's going to be the mentality that will be kicked in going into that Christmas period. period. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, it's like, we still want our Christmas, so make sure you follow the rules. Yeah, and, and the other interesting thing uh, I want to just consider, Mike, in terms of another lockdown, is the effect on our humanness or human connection. It is, it is again, it's demoralising, it's um, it's dehumanising. Again, it, it's going to force a lot of people to communicate through things like Zoom, WhatsApp. Don't get me wrong. They're useful tools, but they're useful tools. They should be useful tools alongside a system where we can gather and speak to whoever we want. Because at the end of the day, as we know, Mike, and as our listeners know, governments don't give us rights, right? They can take away our freedom, but by sheer, you know, kind of force of, of being born a human being, we have freedom, we have rights to gather with whoever we want to, yeah. however many people, as long as we're not doing any harm, you know, the Buddhist principle, do no harm, 
no government has the right to tell us what to do and that's what's so disturbing about it. yeah definitely um and you know i keep going back to that psychological impact it's going to have on people mm. i mean the amount of suicides that were during the first lockdown it's mm. horrendous mm. um just think how many more people actually there just got through it and was like phew i don't have to go through that again yeah, and another one and suddenly panicking about this one yeah i mean and also in britain we really do have an epidemic uh uh how shall I say, a crisis of loneliness in that there's been many reports done to say that um, there's never been more single people living in single person households, whether they be flats or houses. So if they can now, you know, if they can't gather with friends and family and if they're working from home, it is going to push, like you were saying, Mike, push a lot more people into depression and anxiety. And then that's going to cause uh, more of a pressure on the NHS. And I should have said this at the beginning, so forgive me, Mike, but one of the reasons why the government have justified this lockdown is because to take the pressure off the NHS. But surely, actually, what it's going to do is create more pressure on the NHS. Yeah, again, it's that um, upside-down thinking that's destroying this country. Mm. And they use the NHS because, you know, they use it basically as this emotive tool to bring about tyranny because it's 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 sort of like if you don't follow the measures then you're not protecting the nhs what's your problem you know that's they use these yeah. simple simple psychological techniques and the worst thing is is when this all's over and done with they're just going to sell the nhs off anyway so well, it's going to be in such a crisis uh, because of the fact that they're counseling so many normal uh, routine operations and procedures there's going to be a massive backlog so the the waiting list is going to increase so as the years go forward the Tories will go how can we solve this more private ownership more private um, operations will be done by private companies like Booper and again I see this part I mean this whole Rona thing ticks as we've said Mike it ticks so many agendas doesn't it yeah. simultaneously and part of that the Tory government have always wanted to go through to full privatisation and by default, default I think that's we're, what we're going to go there that's, unfortunately that's um, what we're gonna get. but again this is why we're saying this now because hopefully we don't get there we no, no. you know something will happen and we will change the the course we are heading down because yeah. um I can guarantee you it's only the people at the top that want us to get there yeah and this is where um I do agree with people researchers online and individuals who are saying now it is becoming a bit like a battle of good against evil and normally you know me mike i wouldn't put things in such a simple binary choice but i think the dark forces and working through people like bill and melinda gates and this whole push towards a te technocracy and a technological type of society where we have no freedom it does feel like a battle against good against evil yeah definitely um especially since i would say that beforehand it was very done few subterfuge and kind of yes yeah, like, so it was more subtle wasn't yeah it? now yeah. the the mask's coming off and i don't give a fuck if we know or not yeah exactly yeah yeah as we've spoken about so i think we'll move on now mike because what we want to speak about as i said in the introduction is how things might play out into the first quarter of 2021 with regards to the UK situation and the whole uh, dreaded bogeyman virus. Now, my own uh, estimation, well, we were speaking about this before we did the recording, is that come into the first quarter of 2021, 
for people's personal finances, things are going to get more and more dire. So we're going to be obviously more and more people unemployed. Whatever financial or economic measures are in place to help people, be it the furlough scheme, which is being extended to the end of November, or be it things like universal credit through the normal benefit system. As you were saying earlier, Mike, um, eventually it's just not going to be enough. So people are not even going to be certain types of people who are in difficult situations economically are not even going to be able to pay for essentials like food. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you there. Um, the unemployment is going to go through the roof, especially if the um, a lot of businesses just can't cope with the storm over the over the winter. Yeah. Don't make their money over Christmas. Um, the high street, you know, the destruction of that will lead to more the people unemployed. So that will lead more stress and pressure on the very system. Mm-hmm. And normally, there's a case of right, you're unemployed, you're getting not getting any more money, and so you've got to survive on the dole. But uh, for sure. Imagine two, two, three million people applying for the doll over the same period of time. Mm. How many people in is it going to be? Right, we're struggling to process this, so you won't get your payment for about. Well, a month. there's always yeah. So what you're talking about, the real poverty trap, is when people there's a lag, and it could be days or potentially weeks if the system gets overwhelmed, of whereby someone may, might make a claim for job seekers allowance or universal credit. And they don't receive it for, as I was saying, several weeks or even up to a month. And, yeah. that's, and that's the problem. And I think it's also important to point out, Mike, other areas of the economy. So we've got um, things like theatres. We've got, um, think of uh, musicians, music producers. And I'm not talking about, you know, multi-million pound musicians. I'm talking about jobbing musicians. All of um, theatres and live uh, live um, music uh venues i should say can't find my words they're all closed and it's also all the associated industries you've got think of the effect on the uh wedding industry because now for a month you can't get married only in exceptional circumstances so if you the more you analyze this the more you think, oh my God, it's not just the high streets, all these associated Well, industries. the knock-on effects, um, there's also going to be the amount of people who are going to choose between do I pay my rent or do I buy food? Exactly. Yeah. Um, people are going to be chucking out in their houses, they're going to be um, left homeless. Um, it's not going to look good on the main whole part for the first half of next yeah. year. Yeah. And just to add, Mike, uh, I'll, I recently saw a video uh, from a couple who went to central London and they went round videoing uh, uh, and uh, I was actually shocked at the amount of shops that were closed. It really was shocking because again you don't see that on the news so if you want to check that out guys there's a link in the description and it really is especially I mean um, in a UK context to see our capital the capital you know a great city like London struggling like that and it and it really is it makes you realize again this has nothing to do with a pandemic and this is as you were saying earlier mike this is about destroying businesses and only having the kind of um major massive corporations whose reach and profits will just go off the scale yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned it seems to be that they only want you to order off amazon or exactly. big chains like that sure. um Places that have high street shops, no, they'll mostly go old hat. They'll be turned into just warehouses. Or they'll convert it into multiple density housing because they've already changed all the planning laws. They want you to be living in a house, kept in a room all day long. The only interaction with other people will be online. You know, that's where they want things to head, basically. And also it's about, um, it's about, it's not just like individuals' lives. It's also about 
people who own businesses, then if their business close, then they become reliant on the government. And yep. as we know, one of the globalist agendas of the whole uh, COVID scandemic is to make more and more people reliant upon government um, handouts. And of course, that's the whole communist element of this agenda. Well, what's quite interesting about this is, like you say, with the government handouts, is it seems to be that by the time we get a next election, yeah. yeah, there's no chance that um, Boris is going to have another term. Right. You know, no one believes in him anymore. No. So they're going to vote for, for the Labour Party and whatever guy's in front of that. Sure. And then the, they'll come in and go, right, we have to save this country. And the only way we can do it is, and they'll implement uh, a basic income system. Oh, because, you know, guaranteed universal income. Because, course. you know, people are just unemployed. They can't get jobs. You sure. know, they can't deal with that. And then there'll most probably be some sort of system where they'll... Um, not only because another thing we didn't mention a bit earlier is the fact that the, the food banks are going to have to get involved because oh, more people are going to sure. go onto the food banks. And then when they get to a crippling point, um, the governments will have to help sort them out. Oh, so, they'll, them. so they'll nationalise the food banks and then that's how you bring in a kind of rationing to it. Exactly, because that will be like the, the kind of like, oh, we're just doing this in the meantime to get us through this period and we'll come up with something better later. But, sure. you know, it will just be like, no, we're, we've got this now. We'll just continue. Well, as it. we know, uh, temporary measures tend to become permanent measures. And another important thing to add uh, to show with our listeners, they may be aware of it, but recently there was a, a I think it was a Canadian MP. It certainly came out of Canada. And he um, basically is against this whole globalist plan to enslave us. And he said he kind of laid out, I think, at least what the plan is in in Canada. And as you were talking about, this whole idea of a guaranteed universal income, it comes with strings. Yes. And one of the major strings is you give up all your rights to private ownership of property. And but in return, not only do you get the universal guaranteed income, but all of your debts are wiped. But also in this document, it says uh, one of the other things that you have to uh, adhere to is any vaccine program. Oh, yes. Got to have the vaccine. So, I mean, some people might think, oh, it's great. I've got a guaranteed universal income now, but there's always strings. And when you're reliant upon government, it's not a good situation to be in. Yeah. Certainly when you've got, you know, psychopaths in government. Because we keep talking about this um, digital health passport that they're you trying to introduce. Yeah. That will be heavily tied to these handouts. So, you know, have you had your test this week? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, because this vaccine isn't going to come out until about, you know, spring. So we, we reckon around Some... about March or April. And here at Descending Consciousness, we think that initially, at least, in a UK context, it's going to be, they're going to... Um, they're going to say there isn't enough of it, so they're going to make it quite an exclusive thing to create the demand. So they'll just probably vaccinate um, vulnerable people, so people who are living in care uh, care homes, and they'll also probably look to vaccinate NHS staff as well, and yeah. care workers, support workers, things like that. I mean, it's either the fact that they're going to rush the vaccine in for the March-April time, yeah. in which cases the chances are you're going to have a lot of people having bad side effects because it hasn't been safely tested properly. Yeah. Um, or they're going to do the long game with the vaccine, in yeah. which case it gives them time to set up the health passport. It gives them time sure. to set up a standardised testing system. Well, I think, yeah, so what they'll do is, yeah, this is my thought, Mike, what they'll probably do is initially any health digital COVID-based app, for want of a better phrase, a bit of a mouthful there, I do apologise, 
they'll use the testing as the kind of the platform and then eventually that will be replaced by the vaccine yes and that's how they get people used to using that i mean a lot of people well a lot of the doctors at least are proposing that this is going to go on for another like four or five years well the lockstep document um says that they plan to have all this in place by 2025 yeah which kind of you know, is the whole idea that vaccines do take a while to get up and running. I mean, yeah, the, sure. the early trials have all gone kind of bad recently. Right. Um, and so if they do put a vaccine in next year, it is going to be a rush job. Mm. And, you know, the chances are if they are giving it to the um, vulnerable and elderly to begin with and you get a lot of people dying, they, they'll just go, well, they were vulnerable and old So anyway. they can cover that up quite easily. Yeah. Possibly. But, you know, the one thing I've always found with this um, COVID period at the moment is everything is fluid and dynamic. Things change day to day sometimes. Yeah. And, and other it... times it can go months without anything changing. So it is quite interesting. But. I think it's important to point out that there is a disturbing trend now that we spoke, I can't remember which episode it was, about the government's plan to basically ramp up testing, Mike, to literally test millions of people a day, coming under the banner of Moonshot, Project Moonshot. Yeah, that was it. Now, it's been announced in the last few days that the intention is to, um, to test everyone in Liverpool. Now, Liverpool's quite a big city. I believe it's around about three or 400,000. That's the whole, you know, yeah. metropolitan metropolitan area. Now, this is a dangerous trend because are they going to use Liverpool as a test bed for this idea of linking uh, the testing regime to the digital passport app? Well, it does seem to be that they're... And why are they picking on the Northers again? Well, it's the class system. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're literally um, going... Um, Anything past London is north, and yeah. we can, you know, do what we ever we want up there. But we will keep south, south down yeah. there. They they can do what they is that want. Where all the influential people. Yeah, generally, kind of and it's yeah. only when they suddenly go, oh, we've got to do a whole national thing now that the yeah. south gets involved. Because honestly, um, how many cities down south were put into a regional lockdown? Of a higher tiers, none. No. See, it kind of like goes towards what I was saying there. Yeah, none. Yeah. So it will be interesting to keep an eye on what happens in in Liverpool because uh, I've also seen reports of, you know, a a couple of thousand uh, troops are going to help with the process. I don't believe they're going to go knocking door door by door, uh, Mike, but they're going to have test centres. But, you know, uh, are people going to be actively encouraged? And when does an active encouragement move to this is something you need to do? A gun in your face. Well, I mean, by the sounds of it, it's just them um, testing the waters with getting us used to military people being on, on the streets. Yeah. 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 Um, Conditioning us. Yeah. Because one thing uh, we did mention at the very beginning of the the first lockdown is there was always the possibility of introducing martial law at some point. We thought it was going to happen in America. We thought it was more likely in America. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost did at one point when you had the Black Lives Matter protest going on. But um, do you know what? I don't like to give credit to Trump all the time, but fair play to him that he refused. I think, yeah, I think, I think the Democrats and all of his numerous uh, 
opponents in in the political realm and in the media they were almost goading him yeah and i was pleased that it didn't get to that level because then they would have almost had the gotcha moment it's like here we go you see trump is the next hitler he's imposing martial law and he didn't play that game yeah yeah so he is a clever tactician I think. yeah it seems to be um you know most other presidents would jump to yeah, that they, they would have just been looking at an excuse wouldn't they kind of thing so yeah. yeah everything's always up in the air you never know where things are really going to go and we're no. just kind of like brainstorming of well this is what they've done before so this is likely what they're going to do yeah in the yeah so it's we're, we've we've kind of said well this is the trend and we're, we're kind of like based on the current trend this is how it's likely to project into into the future yeah um hopefully um people start waking up standing up for this and um mm. stop stop accepting it yeah Sure, sure. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be a process of how much of the BS do we have to take mm. before we do that on mass. Yeah, so as um, towards the end of this episode, Mike, what I want to talk about is bringing some hope to our listeners and, yeah. our, and ourselves. Because I think it's important to say that we never like to spread fear porn on discerning consciousness you know, important to use that word discerning or mention it. So we want to balance what we've just said with... Personally, I feel that um, we are reaching a critical mass now and more and more people are beginning to question the government and the mainstream narrative around COVID. Um, They might not, they might think, well, you know, they might not question whether it exists or not. And in some ways, that's not that important at this juncture, because really what we need is just people to go, well, I don't believe what the government is saying and I don't believe that the government's response is appropriate. And that's enough. Yeah. We don't need like the whole kahuna. You know, it's it's okay if we just get people at that level. Yeah. Imagine a virus so deadly that we have to lock down the country. um, And it's so deadly that you've got to get a test to find out if you have it or not. And then the advice for finding out if you have it is to just stay at home for 14 days. Yeah. Yeah, no medication needed. Is no. that deadly? Nothing. <laughs> but yeah. don't worry, 99.6% of the people will survive it. So. Yeah, exactly. And the point of this uh, awakening, which I, I do think is happening, although you guys might not see it in your lives every day, day to day, and Mike don't necessarily, we don't necessarily see it in our day to day lives. But, you know, I do think it's happening. I don't just think this is like a, a kind of spiritual woo-woo or a cop-out. And I think it's important to say... Because of this, I think things could change very quickly, Mike. Yeah, very definitely. quickly. Um, I see this as a um, a spiritual or say uh, a growth aspect, like Kaplunk. Right. You know, we're pulling those sticks out, you know, and seeing how many sticks do we have to pull out for those marbles to fall, mm. and it's getting to that point where all the marbles fall, and we go, oh, why are we listening to those bastards? <laughs> And once we get to that point, you know, it will be, like you say, a very quick... It'll be like a wave. Yeah, because, I mean, it's one of those systems where they say the only reason they're allowed to play their games is because we're laying down to let them. And if we all kind of, like, just stand up and stop playing their games... So is that also why it said that the Dark Sorcerers, they have to respect cosmic law or whatever it is, so they serve notice like all these announcements through the press before what they're going to actually do or they put it in you know like hollywood movies or cartoons or whatever it might be to tell us 
this is what we are doing to you. Well, I wouldn't say it's like cosmic law in, right. in respect to that, um, although it Sounds is. Sounds a bit grandiose. Yeah, it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just these are the steps they have to go through. Principles. To get you. Like physics. Yeah, to yeah. get you to accept it. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to get our compliance. Well, it's not they have to get our compliance. It's just things are far easier for them if they do. Right, okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's like in terms of you're working a magic trick as well. Exactly. You follow along, you're playing with a magic trick. Yeah. Um, but we have to just stop paying attention. Because um, I know one thing I've done to, to help my mood and spirit throughout this coronavirus period mm. is try to back away from it as much as possible. Mm. You know, I'm not watching the news anymore, so I don't hear all the BS through that. You normally hear it from me because I'm doing yeah. the opposite. <laughs> I mean, what I do like doing, though, is um, the memes that are coming out of it. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and do you know what? I totally respect that because at the moment, what we need more than anything is to have fun with what's going on rather than being in a fear mode with what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I mean, I just want to leave these closing thoughts and then I'll hand over to you, Mike, is that I feel that at least in a UK context or in an English context with this new lockdown, it does give people the chance to, to, to you know, go within, to do the inner work. Uh, to focus in upon themselves and not like you were saying the news and the events and the happenings and all the fear out there that we can do nothing about go within and I don't mean that in a cheesy way and I don't say that to be disrespectful to people that are suffering I take account of people who might be in an abusive relationship and they can't escape it but I'm just trying to take the good from what on the surface at least appears like a really bad situation yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, this period does seem to be a case of self-reflection. Yeah. Um, because we view it in a kind of like cosmic scale. We are giving the opportunity to have a deep think while we're out of our standard kind Routines. of like routine. Yeah, sure. Um, to go well, actually, what do I want in life? Um, am I happy with how things are right now? Mm. Am I happy with myself and how I am right now? Mm. Um. You know, some people, those questions will drive them crazy. Um, and in this crazy period, suicides are possible. But mm. if anything, we should be using that period to use those questions to help ourselves and help mm. ourselves, you know, achieve better, be better. Mm. Um, instead of actually being torn away in this crazy COVID mm. bullshit, I can, it's the only yeah. thing I can call it, really. Yeah, yeah, is is a, a lot of it is BS. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Mike. Um, I'm sure uh, our, our listeners would have uh, valued uh, your words as much as I do, because I think it is important to just take yourself away from the media hubbub, even in the alternative, because I kind of like switched from being focused on Facebook to just spending all my time on YouTube. So I'd like to switch from one addiction to another. Yeah. You know, I mean, part of it's because I've recently started a YouTube channel and I would say, oh, you know, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just see what's happening in terms of people are commenting and all the rest of it. But there are just so many traps at this time because there's just so much information out there. And I agree with you, Mike, it is important to just step back and and just get back to um, I've said this many times, but just reading more, you know, the, yeah, because... I've actually got a list of books I need to go through. <laughs> You know, just as something as simple as that, rather than saying of an evening, like I'll often do, you know, log on, check my Facebook, and then go on to YouTube on my laptop. It's like, 
do I need to do that? No, four no. hours later. Yeah, four <laughs> hours later. It's one in the morning or something. And I could have spent that time um, reading, you know. And it's good just in terms of the discipline of the mind and things like me meditation. It takes a lot of concentration to read, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's many things that we can do, not just reading, exercising, um, to help us, you know, improve ourselves. And if anything, this is the, the time to do it. Because mm, I have yeah. to admit, in the first lockdown, um, I didn't get that too well. And I was a bit down in the dumps. Mm. You know, sometimes I actually just stayed in bed all day because I was like, fuck it, what's the point? You yeah, know, the yeah, world's sure. going to shit. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've definitely got um, better spirits, better mentality going forward with this at the moment. Mm. Um, and most of that has come from um, pulling away from the mainstream. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Right. So I think I'll um, round, round things up now, uh, Mike. So I hope our listeners have got a concept of um, what a second lockdown uh, might mean in England and the future kind of economic uh, implications of that. And also just Mike on a, on a human level. And I hope we've shared some idea of hope because on the surface, at least we are, we are going into quite dark times yeah. uh, and there is, does seem to be this final push. And I hate to say of evil and there are evil forces behind a lot of what's going on, but I think ultimately goodness and light will prevail, prevail. So we just need to steal ourselves and, uh, We'll quickly miss, we'll quickly, I should say, mention, of course, we've got our minds on the US election at this time. And I do hope that I'm not a, uh, you know, a, a Trump saviour person as such, but I do hope that Trump wins for the forces of light and, and, and goodness. And just a bit of a heads up, we will be obviously following Trump, uh, the Trump. Uh, hopefully the Trump election, um, Mike, in future episodes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, personally, I'm a, well, whatever, whoever wins, wins. Um, yeah, there's a, a, in a yeah. yeah, in a case of like a shamanic sense, whatever needs to happen to, to allow us to, to grow at this point needs to happen. If Trump sure. wins, brilliant. If Biden wins and things get worse under his system, um, that's just what needs to happen to allow us to view that and go oh we don't want that so you don't get that again it's yeah, uh sure. you know whatever yeah, needs that's to a be very holistic view see i'm getting quite tribal and political anyway i'll just leave you uh with the promotional stuff um so uh you can catch me i'm on uh instagram I had to think there mike instagram <laughs> facebook and uh twitter if you just put in Ant Insuli, my surname is spelled I-N-S-U-L-I, you'll find me on there. And also I'm now on YouTube, I'm doing my own videoing, so you can, all the links are in the description below. And also there's a link there to that really interesting video we spoke about, Mike, of the uh, state of the economy in London and all the clothes shops. Yeah, so, definitely worth a check so out. So please do check that out. So but mostly check out his YouTube channel. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, got to get those sub numbers up. Yeah, <laughs> the, the all important sub numbers. So thank you, Mike, for joining me on today's episode. It's been great to talk about this stuff. Yeah, and thank you to all of you guys for listening. And I'll just leave you with these wise words once again which are never more relevant than now, as Most we've been definitely. speaking about. Remember, folks, if you're not in control of your consciousness, then someone else is. Bye for now.